Welcome to the Imperfectly Fit Podcast. I'm your host, your non-BS fitness bestie, Kaz Bundy. Each week, we talk about fitness, nutrition, health, and mindset to empower and inspire you to level up your life and get imperfectly fit. Hey, Lisa, welcome to the Imperfectly Fit Podcast. Hey, Kaz, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yay, amazing, me too, can't wait. So before we jump into our conversation, um, tell us a little bit about you, how you got into fitness, and what do you do? Sure, so I am 49, so I've been in the fitness and health industry for over 20 years at this point, <laughs> and started off just as you know a hobby and interest, I think like a lot of people. I was introduced to strength training, and really fell in love with that and then became a trainer and then um, learned so much about nutrition. And um, just as I have gotten older and gone through different phases of my life as a woman, whether it be just you know hormonally or mm-hmm. relationships, career, all those types of things, um, I've had to pivot with some of the strategies that I've used for myself lifestyle-wise, and um, decided I wanted to really dive into the coaching aspect because when I was working as a trainer, I really saw huge gaps in what was needed beyond just, mm-hmm. here's some exercises, do these squats, let me count your yeah. heads. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. That's awesome. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. So how we need to pivot our strategies when it comes to women aging. Um But yeah, you do look amazing. You look like 35. So you must be you must be doing something right for sure. Um, so yeah, let's get into it, shall we? Um, so the I have a few questions for you. Uh, so the very first one is why is fitness over well again? Why is fitness over 40 a thing? What why do you need to pivot these strategies? Yeah. So, um, you know, as we approach 40, our 40s and up, and actually even starting around 35, our hormones, mm-hmm. our natural hormones, uh, progesterone, things like that, start to decline gradually. And a lot of women may not even recognize that that's happening. They might not know mm-hmm. the symptoms to look for. They may not have any symptoms in the beginning, which I think was the case for me. And as our hormones begin to decline, it just affects pretty much everything. So um, we, what worked for us in our 20s and even our early 30s, you hear women all the time saying, I'm doing the same thing, I'm eating the same, and it's not working, or I can't lose mm-hmm. weight, same strategies, or I haven't changed anything, but I'm gaining weight. And that there's, you know, lots of different reasons for that. But essentially, we have to get strategic and work with our hormones. And mm-hmm learn what strategies are going to work best in this stage of life. And I think there are some pretty big dial movers that I try to focus on with people that are going to be pretty general. But then as always, everyone is unique and there are mm-hmm. always unique considerations to uh, what is going to work best for you as an individual. Yeah, perfect. And what what would you say is the strategy that used to work for you, but then you had to like change? And what do you see the most working with other people as well? Yeah, well, I think when we're younger and our hormones are working for us, um, yeah. we can get away with things. So okay. I always the, the big thing I think about in my mind is: was it really working, or was I just getting away with it? Because I wonder. <laughs> I know it's kind of like a, a little bit of a nuance, but I would say you know I could definitely get away with skimping on sleep, um, you know, not prioritizing recovery, not taking rest days. Um, I really didn't pay that much attention to my nutrition when I was younger. And then when I did start to pay attention, I could just eat healthy and Mm -hmm. loaded phrase in and of itself. And so, um, you know, I really probably way too much cardio. I think when I was younger, not prioritizing strength training in the beginning of my journey and, Mm -hmm. um, those things just don't work at this point in time for me. So, and, and for women, my age, the, yeah. you know, but a, a lot of us cling on to 
these things that we used to do that used to work. And we think, mm-hmm. well, I just need to do more of that. Okay, this dose isn't working. Three days a week of cardio isn't working. Maybe yeah. I need to do six days a week. Or maybe I need to cut my calories even more. Um, yeah. So those types of strategies um, definitely don't work. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you say that because um, I was talking to a client and she's 45. And before she started working with me, she was running seven days a week in an attempt to lose weight because she wasn't losing weight. She was cutting her calories. She was eating like less than a thousand calories a day. And she said like, nothing works. Like I'm eating like no food. I'm running seven days a week. I'm doing like yoga and all these things and nothing is working. Like what's going on? Like that's exactly what she said. So that's yeah, quite it can interesting. Be incredibly, incredibly frustrating for women. Yeah. And the other thing I think, you know, going back to just what, why is fitness over 40 a thing? The other thing that we run into in general in this industry, but for women in this age yeah. demographic, it's a hot demographic right now. Everyone wants to target that women 40 and up. And um, there is some really great information out there. There's some really crappy information out there. And there's a lot of uh, conflicting information. And so sifting your way through that as even a professional that mm-hmm. you know, is in the industry and is trained can be challenging at times. But when you don't have the training and the certifications and the background and the education, it's literally overwhelming. And you are, I feel like it's like being a ping pong ball and you're just, so I see a lot of women program hopping, diet hopping, hopping from coach mm-hmm. to coach if they're if they're hiring people. And um, that can also be a real problem. Yeah, definitely. Is. Yeah, wow. That's so interesting. I have never thought about that like that. And what what do you recommend if you see like a woman doing that, like hopping from program to program, coach to coach, diet to diet, and how to deal with the frustration that comes from all of this? Yeah. Well, you know, I work with a lot of women who my clients, the most of the time who have come to me have been on multiple diets. They've done all of this. And so we do have to work on their mindset a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot. And I've had the <laughs> same for me, you know. Um, so we have to get away from this mentality of treating our health, our fitness, our weight loss journeys as a 30 day challenge or an eight week or 12 week mm-hmm. And I think that is how we've been marketed to and everybody wants instant immediate gratification. That's the society that we live in. Um, And I'm no different. I, you know, I'm not the most patient person either, but when it comes to really making some sustainable changes, I think we have to look at the big picture and play the long game and it requires patience. And so we have to find what are, first of all, my question that I would have people ask themselves and mm-hmm. maybe they don't have answers, but are you doing the right program or practicing the right strategies for the phase of life that you're in? So mm-hmm. there are lots of really great trainers and coaches out there that have fabulous information, but maybe it's not the right information for this, my population. Right. Yeah. Um, and so for their target audience, it, it's perfect, but for the unique needs and challenges of women 40 and up, especially in perimenopause and menopause, mm-hmm. if you're doing a program that's designed to work well for a 25 or 30 year old woman, mm-hmm. still having a normal you know, cycle and all that, you're probably going to be frustrated because it's, it, you're not, you're not, it's not designed for you. So I think um, recognizing that we have to shift our mindset and we have to start to shift our strategies mm-hmm. and um, we don't have to buy into the fact that everything's downhill after 40 or that you're just yeah. destined to gain weight and, um, you know, you can't change your body because that's not yeah. true. Mm-hmm. So it is possible to build muscle and lose weight after 40. That's it is. clear. Yes, it, is. it absolutely is. And, yeah. you know, and, it, and, and some people will say, oh, it's just so much harder. Well, Maybe. I mean, I I would say that it is a little bit more challenging, but I also think that our mindset and how we look at it can mm-hmm. determine how it feels. So it's always challenging to do something different, but nothing yeah. changes if nothing changes. 
So exactly. I love that. I love that. Yeah. And do you think it becomes more important to have like that one-on-one support after 40 on like that one-on-one specialized type of program and nutrition approach? I personally do find it to be really helpful and I've hired my own. I mean, I've worked with my own people, even though I'm a, you know, in a professional in this industry Mm -hmm. for the support and the accountability and an extra set of eyes on what I'm doing and to help me, you know, with my own blind spots, you know, because we all have them. So I think especially if someone is relatively new or they have Mm -hmm. chronically dieted um, for decades, because that's part of my history. Literally decades. Yeah. Literally decades. um, That that's then, then yeah, they probably do need some support because what I see Uh with my women is that they've lost touch with their bodies. So they Mm -hmm. don't really know they're not in tune with, what their stress levels really are. They're not in tune with how much rest and recovery they need or how exhausted they truly are. Mm, um, true. They're not in tune with their own hunger cues um, and how to regulate that. Yeah, probably because they haven't heard those cues in years. They're like not listening. Like no, body's no. screaming and they're like, no. <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's that was part of my journey. You know, mm-hmm. I, I also fell into the trap of maybe not either understanding that my body was sending me some pretty big signals or maybe it was a combination of the two Mm -hmm. and I work in this space and it's almost like when, when when I crashed and burned and we can, if we go on a tangent later, we can talk about that. But when I ran into those issues, I was like, how did I not see this coming? How, how did I not prevent this? Because it's not like, I should have known better, but that, you know, guilting myself and shaming myself wasn't going to do any good, but it, it happens all the time. So. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I, we'll, we'll go into, sorry. What was that? I was just saying, that's why having support from somebody who can be objective and who can keep you focused. Mm-hmm. My goal with my clients is to meet them where they are and to, you know, focus on the big dial movers and get them out of the weeds. Yeah. Yeah, it's what I, you know. Get, get rid of the minutia. Stop worrying about this thing and that thing and that thing, and let's focus on the actual. Like, let's get back to the basics here. And yeah, what really matters. Yeah, I love to call that like the big rocks. You know, the ones that yes. you put in the jar first. Um, so yep. yeah, great. That's awesome. So we will get into your experience and what happened to you. But before that, I do want to like dig into. What are like a few things that women over 40 or as they hit perimenopause and menopause, like they need to focus on in terms of training, what they need to start doing and stop doing, and also nutrition wise? Yeah. So on a high level, and you know, some of this is really going to depend on what the person's history with fitness is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've never really been working out or an athlete their whole life, but in general, mm-hmm. they need to women absolutely have to strength train 100%. And when I say strength train, that can mean a lot of different things. So if you're just starting out, like just get started even with body weight, but eventually you need to lift heavy and heavy is relative, but the five pound weights aren't heavy. Your purse, your grocery bags, your children, all weigh more than the weights that, you know, weights that you're lifting. So let's, let's, Pick up some weights, ladies. We're not fragile. So I think that's number one with training is absolutely prioritizing strength training. Mm-hmm. I'm a huge advocate of walking, mm-hmm. health, preferably, you know, uh, really. It's a great way to increase your meat activity, you know, get your steps in. It's low stress. It's low impact. And it also drives down cortisol levels. It's actually really good for your mental health. And then you can sprinkle in some hit uh, sprint training, plyometrics. Those things are really good too. So staying out of um, the really crazy, intense cardio-based mm-hmm. or types of training as your primary form of training. So stop doing mm-hmm. all of that and driving your body into the ground and mm-hmm. start prioritizing more efficient training methods and also recovery. So giving your body enough time to recover. Mm-hmm. Super important. Yeah, I think especially women like over 40, 
tend to not rest enough because they were brought up in like a generation where you have to just go, go, go. It doesn't matter if you're like on the ground, you have to keep moving forward, your kids, your job, your, the house, whatever. Like it doesn't matter if you are sick or whatnot, you just need to do the shit that you need to get done. Exactly. And I think the other thing to remember, too, about this particular phase of life for many women is that at this point, they might be, you know, higher up in their careers. Uh, sure. So they might have um, a more demanding, mm-hmm. if, if they're working outside of the home, they may have a more, or if they run their own business or whatever, they may have a more demanding workload and, and yeah. that usually more stress levels. Um, they also might be part of that sandwich generation where they still have, they have children. I do not, but if they have children, they are taking care of the kids and the house and working their job and helping aging parents as well. So a lot of different responsibilities and stressors. And a lot of the women that I work with also add more things to their plate because they're pretty ambitious and, uh, (laughs) of course, you know, they're, they're volunteering at this thing at the school or their community or in their church, Mm -hmm. which is great. But at some point we have to figure out like, okay, what's on the plate that needs to go? Because you're, you're, you're not on your own plate. You need to (laughs) (laughs) priority for yourself. So. Yeah, well, I guess women have always been, and we still see women like the caregivers. So, yeah, we don't get to take care of our, ourselves in general unless you really like make it a priority. Um, yeah. yeah. So, how can we make ourselves a priority? Yeah, good question. So it's hard. It is. It can be challenging, and it, I mm-hmm. think number one, it comes with a willingness to commit to making yourself a priority and you have to be intentional about it and mm-hmm. you can do it in even what might seem like small ways. So I feel like with a lot of the women that I work with, sometimes they maybe think that making themselves a priority might feel like it's a selfish thing to do yeah. or that they have to, or it means like, well, I have to drop all my other responsibilities. Like I have yeah. to choose between everybody else and myself. And Again, there goes that all or nothing thinking, right? So um, number one is just, you know, figuring out, maybe looking at your calendar or how your days are structured or your week and where are pockets of time that you can claim for yourself. And if you don't have any, that's a problem. Mm. So I challenge people to really take a look at, are there things that you're doing or spending your time on that are not necessary? Most of us, if we're being honest, <laughs> we be able to find something. Probably. Social media or Netflix and chilling, you know, mm-hmm. staying up too late because you're watching some something, you know, whatever. I've done. <laughs> so I think um, looking for ways to take out things that are unnecessary and then how can you uh, squeeze in a short workout mm-hmm. or a walk. How yeah. can you involve your family if you're dealing with, you know, having if you have kids and things like that? I have a client who not I know not everyone's situation is the same, but she is very busy and she mm-hmm. um was her daughter is involved in volleyball and so she walked her daughter to the school to the volleyball match instead of driving her. That was something that oh. she recently did to try to help get her steps in because she's just trying to get it in however she can. Yeah. So they walked to the game and then uh-huh. she walked, walked home. Um, that's not always that's an option. Good. But, you know, there's just being creative. Yeah, I love that. That's a great way of just coming up with ideas to, you know, make yourself a priority and work on your own health and fitness. Like you said, um, we do tend to look at taking care of ourselves as something selfish when in reality not taking care of yourself is the selfish act because if you're not like healthy and 100% there for your people you won't be there for your people like I mean exactly and you know I also think that comes back to maybe also setting boundaries learning how to say Mm no a lot of hard a lot of my women will tell me I have they know that they have a hard time saying no and and how many times have we 
overbooked ourselves because we said yes to something in the moment and then time comes and we're just like, oh, and, um, how do I say no now? Yeah, how do I say no now? Well, maybe, you know, sometimes you just might have to back out of things and, and it's okay to yeah. do that. I think, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know about you, but how I grew up and I know a lot of the women my age, um, the same sort of upbringing from mm-hmm. our parents, we didn't hear anybody talking about self-care. Yes. We, you know, my mom is amazing, by the way, both of my parents. And um, she worked a full-time job and my dad worked second shift. So he, they were, uh, they hardly saw each other for a good part of the time that I was growing up. So that left my mom in a position where she was doing all of the running around with the kids to practice mm-hmm. the games and trying to figure out how to get dinner on the table. And she was juggling a lot. So self-care probably was not like being able to go and take a bath without somebody coming in and interrupting her. was Literally impossible. It was, it was. So, um, you know, I do think that we can start to shift the narrative and mm-hmm. talk about how we can put some boundaries in place and um, learn to say no mm-hmm. without you know, having to drop all of our other obligations that are also important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. I love that. Um, just going back, because um, I forgot to ask at the time, um, you said that strength training is crucial. Um, I believe it's crucial for everyone, not just people over 40, just okay. anyone. Like, it should be taught in schools. Like, that's how important it is for life. But why it becomes even more important after 40? What's like the main benefit or benefits, I should say? One of the facts that many many people, sorry, may know this or may have seen these statistics, but Mm -hmm. uh, once we hit the age of 30, we start to lose anywhere from 3 to 8% of our muscle mass. How's that? Per decade, some of it's just a natural part of the aging process. Yeah, and you know, like I said, with our with our hormones when they decline, mm-hmm. that affects everything else. So we need to be doing strength training to slow down or stop that uh, muscle loss from happening. Mm-hmm. And we have to train smart. That's why we have to be able to lift heavy, and we yeah. also have to couple that with the right type of nutrition, including yeah. a good amount of protein. And yeah. and those things I agree are, are are always important, but when we hit this phase of life, you know, you can literally put on weight and not change anything. And that's very frustrating for women. So yeah. the moral of the story is you're gonna have to change something. If you're not strength training, you need to be doing it. If yeah. you are, maybe you know we need to keep doing it push yourself, lift heavy. Um, let's look at nutrition mm-hmm. and yeah. we slow, because when we lose that muscle mass, then our metabolism slows down too. So I think that's a lot of what we're seeing when people are talking about this weight gain that happens. It's not just, it's not because only because you're, you're 40 or 45 and magically mm-hmm. woke up one day and you were 10 pounds heavier. That's how it feels. But it's this gradual process that can all of a sudden speed up <laughs> a little bit. And really, it does feel sudden. Sometimes you wake up and you're like, what happened to my muscle tone? What happened? Where, where is everything? What's going on? My body is shifting. <laughs> yeah. So strength training can really offset a lot of that. Yeah. Just to add on that, there's a couple things that I love about strength training and why I think it's important to do it always at any stage of your life but especially after 40 it's because um it increases your bone density so it it offsets you know osteoporosis and all of these um things that women tend to get more because we don't have enough progesterone right so yeah you're just battling that which is great um because we are prone to having osteoporosis as women just because of our hormone um, profile. Um, so this really helps. 
<laughs> Thank you for adding that in because I can't believe I didn't even uh, touch on that just a second ago. And um, strength training and also plyometric training in particular yes. is very good for um, bone density. Yeah. And, and I find it so important. So I always use the same example. Like you see these like older, I don't want to say old, but just like older ladies that they're like literally walking down the street and they break their hips. Okay, we, we, if we want to avoid that, then we need to be strength training. Um, and like you said, not lifting like five pounds. We need to be lifting heavy. And again, it's relative, but heavy for your body at least. Um, and then the second thing that I want to add on that is also it makes you less fragile, not just in terms of like bone density, but in general, like I see with my mom all the time, she hasn't done a squat in her life, like not a single like bodyweight squat. Um, and she has troubles like getting, she's 58, but she looks, oh, 59, uh, but she looks like 30. But she has trouble like getting in and out of a car. She has trouble like literally sitting down on the toilet. And I'm like, mom, please, we need to get you strength training. But yeah, she, she doesn't want to. But I see that like fragile like lifestyle, if that makes sense. Yes, um, I love that you brought this up because I think so many times, and I really want us to try to start to shift the our mindsets and the conversation as women from aesthetics only to mm -hmm. performance and you know function. And so, as we age, of course, we want to look great. We all want to look good for as long as possible. We want to look as good as we can. I I do too, but. We want to be able to enjoy life and do mm -hmm. things, have the actual strength and endurance that we need, not only for our day-to-day -day act activities, you know, and, mm -hmm. and those are important because when, if you want to remain independent for as long as possible, hopefully yes. until, until your time here is up, you know, yeah. um, then you have to be strong and you mm -hmm. have to build a resilient body and mm -hmm. strength training and proper nutrition and sleep and all, you know, these seemingly basic things that people don't do yeah, uh, are really, you know, for all the potions and creams and pills and all the, I mean, it's a billion dollar industry, probably, you know, anti-aging. And honestly, if you just sleep, fuel your body properly, strength train, you know, manage your stress. Manage your stress, 100%. That's a huge one. But yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's the formula. Yeah. That's the formula right there for anti-aging. Yeah, exactly. Whatever you want to call it. Um, but, you know, I want to mm -hmm. age strong. Yeah. I want to be strong when I'm older. Yeah, exactly. I, I love that. And I think it's not talked enough, like, anywhere. I don't say it nearly enough, like, on social media. And I've always said my biggest like mission on this planet is to get every single woman to lift weights. That is like my absolute mission because their lives are going to change completely. Um, not just health wise, but like confidence wise. And it's just, I don't know. I just love it. And I can't even put words into it. Um, so I always like to stress the fact that every woman should be lifting weights. You're not going to get bulky or any, Thing like that. So just lift weights. <laughs> You're going to improve your life. It's so difficult to put on muscles. So that whole bullshit about bulking needs to die already. I mean, it's just not true. Um, yeah. Only a here. Yeah, exactly. I've, I've been trying to look bulky for like three years now. <laughs> and I look nothing like I want to look like. So it's not easy. And I try hard. I'm, this is like my life. So people that just train like for health, it's impossible to get bulky. Like, yeah, it's, it's not gonna. Ha it's not. It's not gonna happen. Um, yeah, and and then I That's I, I love your passion for helping women to learn to embrace strength training and to be strong. And to your point, I mean, there is research to support that um, it does have those mental health benefits. It actually does improve confidence. Yeah. And body image, which oh, is not so talked about as much as it as it should be. We so true. Uh, body image is actually a really prevalent issue once, well, in general, but especially mm -hmm. for when they hit perimenopause and menopause, because our bodies are changing. And 
If you've had body image issues in the past, you're probably going to be more prone to struggling with them during this phase of life. And if, even if you never had them, you could end up Develop. struggling with some body yeah. issues wow. this time of life. Strength training um, has been shown to improve body image and self-confidence and yeah. uh, just make you feel like a badass. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> I feel like the most badass person in the world when I'm lifting weights. Um, especially as you get stronger and you start to lift like heavier dumbbells and stuff, you're like, am I doing this? Like, how amazing is this? Absolutely. Yeah. You know what I love about that metaphor is, um, and I, it's, I think I see it all the time and you've probably experienced it. I think that not only are we a um, creating a more strong, physically strong and resilient body. Mm-hmm. But as, as a human being, we become more resilient and feel like we can take on the challenges that life throws at us because you know, I just think it's really an empowering thing to do uh, for yourself. Taking care yeah. of your health is so important and it. Number one, you have the energy to face challenges a little bit more when you're healthy, but you do, I think that carries over outside of the gym and outside of those workouts, that feeling Mm -hmm. that I can do anything after you've just, you know, hit a PR on your squat or deadlift or whatever it is, you didn't know you could do, or you, you went up on your weights that translates into other areas of your life of feeling like I can do this. I can do hard things. Yeah, 100%. That has been my own experience as well. And I've seen it with my clients. So yeah, that is like, truly what happens when you start um, doing some resistance training. It is just incredible how it affects every aspect of your life. So like, just with strength training, I was able to heal my body dysmorphia, my eating disorders, my like my relationship with food, my relationship with myself, I've been able to take on like, bigger challenges in my life as well. Before I was like fragile, I couldn't do anything by myself, couldn't lift a bottle of water. Now I'm like strong. So it's just so empowering. And yeah, and knowing, like you said, that you're going to be like, or you're going to, um, what's the word? Like age, not fragile. I don't know how to say it. Like you won't be like a fragile old person. That That's also pretty amazing, you know? Being exactly. like, I, I know I'll be able to carry my own groceries <laughs> yeah. until I die. <laughs> like that's, that's uncommon. And you know, those are the things that we take for granted because we're just going mm-hmm. to the hustle and bustle of life and going to the groceries, just another daggone chore that we don't want to do. And it's expensive and it's even more <laughs> frustrating right now because it's so expensive, but we just, we're, we're going through life sometimes on autopilot, but mm-hmm. ask anyone who has, has any type type of health issue, injury, something that has taken that ability away, whether it's temporary mm-hmm. or not, but um, you know where they couldn't do those things, and they will tell you like, I just want to be. And I've worked with a lot of people who have chronic pain and um, debilitating, mm-hmm. and when they incorporate starting with exercise therapy, first of all, right. But then getting into more, um, training and things like that. Once they get to that point, they're the things that they're grateful for being able to do are such basic things that granted going up and down the steps, picking their child up, playing with their grandchildren without pain. Um, you know, getting in and out of the car without pain, being able to take a walk and go more than 10 steps without hurting. And so I think that's something that we have to remember that until our health is failing us, we often take it for granted. So it's important yeah. to make sure that we're really prioritizing it because when mm-hmm. you don't have it, then you really wish you did. Yeah, um, it's funny you mentioned that because um, last year I dealt with a big hip injury and I was in constant debilitating pain for months. Uh, and it was the worst thing that has happened to me. And I've been through some horrible shit. So that's saying a lot. Um, and it was just horrible. And like you said, the moment that I could like stand up, 
walk, sit, lay on my bed without pain. Like it brought me to tears more times than the actual pain. Like, you know what I mean? Like being grateful for not being in pain for five minutes. It was just, yeah. And that made me realize that I needed to shift a little bit from like fully aesthetic goals to like more performance goals. So I was like, yeah. just destroying my body just to get like the physical result. Um, and then I was like, maybe I shouldn't do that, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. You know, I, it's, I'm glad that you have been able to recover from that and figure out like how to shift those goals so that you can also not only help yourself, but other women. And mm. that is a hard shift for women mentally to make, including myself, because for so yeah. long earlier in the conversation, you asked like, you know, what did you, what mistakes did you yeah. make? And I would, that. now that we're having this conversation that made me think, I would say one of the biggest mistakes that I've made for decades was having my goals only centered around aesthetics and how I look and what can really, you know, I would say we see so many images that are not realistic in magazines. Well, if there are magazines on social media, on TV, um, especially in the writing. industry, correct? You know, yes. You know, yes. And other coaches as well. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, super low body fat, really shredded, you know, and some people have specific goals for a short time to compete or whatever. Those are very mm -hmm. extreme. Mm -hmm. um, but then women think that that's what, that's how they're supposed to look. Like the norm. That's yeah. What they're supposed to do. And I can, I can speak to that because I done that. I've done that. I've been, you know, 12% body fat. <laughs> I've, I've, yeah. And number one, it was miserable getting there. Yes. And number two, I wasn't really the healthiest at that point. My, my leanest body was not my healthiest body by any stretch of the imagination. Yes. So that is something that um, I have tried to overcome for myself and that I, you know, also want women to understand that having these goals that are centered around a certain number on the scale or a certain mm -hmm. size can be a little short-sighted and yeah. set us up for disappointment and frustration versus when we focus on performance, what our bodies can do, putting on muscle, getting mm -hmm. stronger, because aesthetically we're probably going to you know, improve our body composition by doing, by focusing on those things anyway. Yeah. And also recognizing that you don't need a six pack to be healthy or mm -hmm. happy <laughs> or fit or fit or, or fit by any, yeah, by any means. I mean, some, some people that look super lean may not be that strong functionally. Yeah. No, yeah. Functional fitness to them. Mm -hmm. um, so there's always going to be trade-offs yeah. and choices to make. So, yeah. It's funny you say that because I think that I've made like the most progress with my physique when I've been focusing on getting stronger and just performance goals. Um, also because I started fueling my body for that goal specifically instead of just trying to be super lean because I need a six pack to, you know, sell fitness coaching. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, and, and also I've said this in... I, I think every single episode I've recorded of this podcast, I've said that at some point in my journey, I even lost my period and I struggle with my hormones because I was so lean and I was like so overtrained um, that I was like running my body to the ground. And that, yeah, yeah and that, that was also hard. You know, the mental shift that you have to go through to heal from that, um, it, it's also I very important. But like you said, I think... Just looking at social media, you see all these unrealistic bodies. They're they're posing. They are edited. They have some help from, let's say, pharmaceuticals, <laughs> to put it in a nice way, um, which is fine. Like, I'm okay with people doing whatever they want to do. Um, I don't care. But just don't, like, make that the norm and be like, oh, if you go to a gym, you're going to look like this. Is it's not true. And most of those people are like genetically blessed. Some people just 
are leaner naturally or have bigger glutes naturally. And some people don't. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we all have different body types and shapes and sizes. Yeah. And um, I think the other thing that's so damn frustrating for me is how, I mean, it, it probably happens for men too, and, and I'm not a man, so I can't really know how, what they think about it. But from my perspective as a woman, women's bodies are definitely sexualized more, I feel like, but also like there's these fads. Okay. Okay. Big boobs are in. Okay. Now everybody's wanting big butts and now big butts are out. And so I'm like, seriously, (laughs) I mean, this is exhausting. It is exhausting. And, and it's perpetuated, um, in the media and, with this heroin cheek being back. Right. And I think as women, we just have to be smarter consumers yeah. of mm-hmm. information out there. And um, we also have to cultivate some inner strength and, and our own mm-hmm. self-worth. Basically, mm-hmm. you know, know what our priorities are and yeah. really clear on that and not succumb to these messages that we're getting yeah, about and especially you know when you when you get to be my age it's like everywhere i turn i'm basically told it's not okay to get older yeah true but i am That's... not here to say that i you know i i don't want to look old nobody does but we're all going to get older we're all we are we are aging every day and it's just mind-blowing how if you really pay attention, you know, everywhere you turn, every ad you see from supplements to skincare to makeup to whatever it is, it's all how to look younger, how to not get yeah. old. God forbid that you have a wrinkle. Yeah. And it, it it's so shocking to me because... Um, while I was getting certified as a personal trainer, I, w- I used to work for a ju- jewelry company and we had to ask for people date of birth. Like we, we would sell at markets. So if someone was like passing by, we would have to stop them and ask them for their date of birth. And every single woman, and I worked there for three years, so I talked to a lot of people, every single woman was like, oh, I'm not going to tell you my, my age. Um, or some people were like, oh, I'm too old. Like, over 35, they were like, no, I'm too old. I was like, you know what? Fuck this shit. It's a blessing to get old, okay? It's a blessing. You know how many people don't get to turn 40, 50, 60, 70 years? Like, come on. It it pisses me off so, so bad what you're saying because I'm like, we already as women have so much on our plate. We have all these expectations. We need to have, go with the trend. So now it's big glutes, but then it's going to be something else that we need to keep undoing kids house your career and also you can't even age <laughs> it's like come on let me have like gray hair or something you're not allowed to be a human being who actually ages. <laughs> yes uh, yeah it is a, it is frustrating however i think that there are more and more um people talking about it now and putting out more um that's good. real behind the scenes stuff and look, I get it. None, and that's the other thing. Like none of us want to show anything other than our highlight reel on social media. I yeah. don't care if you're just, you know, a, a, a mom that's showing pictures of her family and her kids and whatever, mm-hmm. or if you're a fitness influencer or whatever you are, most people aren't, most people are not showing all the shit that's going on behind the scenes, the bad days. And so when I see that stuff, being shared, I always appreciate that so much. I love seeing, you know, the messy house and the piles of laundry and the child having a tantrum and, um, you know, the roles that the fitness person has when they sit down like a normal person. Um, like everyone else. Yeah, like yeah. everyone else. I mean, the cellulite is, you know, going to be there, you know, things like that versus everything being so chiseled and perfect and neat. And, and curated, tight. yeah curated all the time so mm-hmm. yeah yes. and I think yeah you mentioned before that 
your leanest body is probably like let's say 99.9999% not your healthiest body and i think it's super important that women at any age get educated about that um and learn from others and people that know um about that because i did like ruin my body for a while because of it and no one told me and i was working with a coach and she would like ask me every month like oh have you gotten your period and i was like no but i have no idea why and she never said a word um so like obviously it's something that we look for in our clients like how's your period how's your hormones whatnot but like just saying something i mean like hey maybe you're overtraining maybe you're too lean maybe you've been in a deficit for too long maybe your body just has a little bit more body fat than other people and that's okay like let's focus on something else that will help change your body composition like lifting weights without you like ruin your hormones right and i i've been down that road multiple times um yeah. you know i competed and I look back on the, the diet and the training regimen that they had me on and I lost my period and then my body just stopped cooperating. Like I wasn't even, it wouldn't drop any more fat. And the only thing that my coach knew to do, cut your calories more, do more cardio, which was the absolute opposite of what I should have been doing. What should have been happening at that point was, um, but they, I'm sure they probably just didn't know, you know, that's, that's mm-hmm. what I, you know, too, but I'm, it, this is, this, this is why it's important to work with people who are educated, who are continuing to educate themselves yeah. and who, who understand these things. Because mm-hmm. if you have some, a coach that's just driving you further into the ground, you can wind up with a really big problem. And that's what mm-hmm. happened to me. My hormones were way out of whack and it took me several years to rebound from that physically, mentally, and emotionally, I mean, relationship yeah. with food and all that. And then um, I ran into some issues again, not because I was trying to compete or whatever, but um, more from really unmanaged chronic stress when yeah. I was older. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about your journey, if you're comfortable sharing that. Yeah, sure. So I am... A type A personality. <laughs> and like 99% of people in the fitness industry. <laughs> yes. And um, I love to be one of those like super zen people. I'm not. Mm-hmm. I'm working on managing my stress. And, um, but for such a long time, I operated, basically my normal state was fight or flight. Mm-hmm. So sympathetic nervous system overdrive. And I did not know. I did not know. I was not really that educated on regulating your nervous system. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew textbook knowledge-wise that, yeah, 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 stress management is important. Stress management is important. You know, all these, even in my master's program, yeah. stress reduction class and learned all the things. But I never practiced any of it. And typical, you know, person who just thinks, ah, it, this is just normal stress or whatever. So my thing was always trying to do my way out of whatever situation I was in doing more of what, you know, whatever that might be. So, um, maybe working harder in my job, putting in more hours. Um, Mm. if my, you know, I got into the, well, maybe I just need to train harder. Maybe I need to cut my calories more or, you know, bouncing around trying to figure out because my body was just not cooperating with me. And I ran into full on adrenal fatigue. Um, so my cortisol was completely jacked up. My hormones were a mess and my hair was falling out. Mm-hmm. I was so bloated that I looked pregnant. So my gut health was a mess. Like my internal health was a mess. And there were signs gradually, right, that my body was sending me, but I really didn't, I didn't know enough Mm -hmm. to recognize those signs for what they were at that time. And I think also I was sort of almost trying to punish my body into submission. Mm, (laughs) Yes. I just said, fuck you. I'm, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Rightfully so. 
Yeah, rightfully so. Okay, this is what you're going to get then. So I, I was wired but tired. I couldn't get up in the morning. I couldn't get going. But then at nighttime, I couldn't get to sleep. It was this horrible place to be in. Mood was all over the place. I was depressed. Mm-hmm. I was anxious. You name it. And so finally, my body was in such crisis that I had no choice but to slow down, to find, I worked with a functional medicine practitioner because Mm -hmm. I've been to every allopathic doctor there was, and they aren't equipped to deal with. So Mm -hmm. that, that was of no help for me. And, um, finally started addressing some of the things like my gut health Mm -hmm. and my cortisol. And what that meant for me was I couldn't do any strength training for a while at all. I couldn't do any real exercise other than some walking. I had to prioritize sleep like it was my job. I had to eat. I had to go on an elimination diet, you know, Mm -hmm. to help health. Um, I had to reverse diet, had to gain weight. Uh, I had to go through all this stuff and it was not fun. Yeah. And mentally it was challenging for me Mm -hmm. because my body, I didn't recognize the body that I was looking Mm -hmm. at in the and yeah, and it probably was challenging your fit identity as well, not just like externally, but mentally. Yeah. Yes, I think one of the things that I recognized during all of that was number one: wow, um, I have some stuff I need to work out in my head because, and so I did go. I started to see a therapist because I'm like, <laughs> my identity was much more wrapped up in my body than mm-hmm. I realized. And part of it was from being in the industry and yeah. quite frankly, getting positive attention for being ripped or, you know, you're so lean or you're, you must know what you're doing. And, <laughs> and the thing is, is that I never ever drove any of my clients into the ground. This, this for me was literally um, being in, I had shifted into my forties. I had chronic unmanaged stress. And then I was stressing an already stressed system with the, my nutrition practices and my, um, sleep and my mindset, you know, Mm self-talk and training that I was doing. And so I just had to like clean slate and sort of repair. I had to go into repair mode and that was difficult because I had to slow down I had to be patient. I had to learn some self-compassion and it took me three years. I just did another hormone test recently and my cortisol patterns are finally normal. Yay. (laughs) There's other things that we're still working on. So I'm still working on, you know, um, optimizing my gut health and Mm -hmm. overall health. But um, I am so grateful that I can just work out again and I'm working on building back more strength and prioritizing muscle. And, um, I think it was just a huge wake up call for me. And it, it actually prompted me to get my integrative health practitioner certification because I knew that it was something that I struggled with so much. And there were, it was hard to find somebody who could help me, Mm -hmm. who could help me beyond just diet and nutrition. Mm -hmm who's not struggling with those issues. And so I, with my clients can incorporate some of that if, if I need to. Um, and I always ask about digestion and gut health and, you know, I'm yeah. going to ask some personal questions if you're working with me. Yeah. Because How's I- your bowel movement? You know, all those questions. Yeah. Exactly. Are you pooping every day? Because if you're not, then we need to take a look at that. And exactly. Levels are, and when I have a client that starts listing some of the, the, you know, some of these symptoms, it's a red flag for me. Yeah, you know, I didn't know when I was going through it that it needed to be a red flag, but I do know now. Exactly. And so I'm not going to take that client. I may not take them on if they, if I feel like they really need to go do some other work with a different yeah. type of mm-hmm. practitioner first. But um, I've had to tell clients, you know what, we can't, we cannot, weight loss can't be your goal right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a hard one. That's right. true. Yeah. Like right now your body, that's not what needs to happen. We have to reverse diet. Maybe we need to be repairing your metabolism. We need to get your gut health in check. We need to, um, prime you to 
get your energy levels back and optimize your internal health so that then you've earned the right to go into an actual healthy deficit. Yes. That's your goal, which is not the same thing as under eating. And I have a lot of women that come to me who are and have been chronically under eating. (laughs) Same. Thinking that they're in a, because my fitness pal or, you know, these different apps will say, everybody needs to be at 1200 calories. Yes. Like, no. no one needs to be on 1200 calories. <laughs> do not do that. Um, so, so frustrating. Yeah, that's currently my, my journey. And mm-hmm. I think it just has changed. It's challenged my mindset and yeah. it's challenged um, the way that I've had to think about things for myself. But I think it's also helped me to grow as a, person and as a professional, Mm -hmm. especially in this space, working with women. Wow. It's definitely not easy. And it's funny that you said that you couldn't find anyone to work with and then you got your own certification. So when I lost my period, um, I didn't know what was going on. I had no idea what hypothalamic amenorrhea was and that you could actually lose your period because you were overtraining, undereating and stressed. Um, And I started like I couldn't find anyone. I went to see like um nat- naturopath or whatever the name is. Um yeah. and the, like no one they were all like, oh yeah, like no one did nothing. And I saw like different doctors and stuff. And then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take matters in my own heads. And I got um certified as a health coach and I helped women get their periods back for a very long time until I got like my PT certification ready and then I started moving into <laughs> um, fitness, like PT. Uh, but yeah, it's funny because I had to do the same thing, like be my own practitioner. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I mean, sometimes we have to take matters into our own hands. Um, mm-hmm. And I did, I was able to find, um, you know, a good functional medicine doctor here and some functional health coaches that kind of helped introduce me to that mm-hmm. part of things. And it is an investment. It yeah. is definitely a financial investment. And I understand that it can be challenging. That part of it can be challenging for people. It was challenging for me as well. But the alternative was that I was going to be stuck mm-hmm. feeling miserable and possibly getting worse if I didn't make the investment mm-hmm. in somebody who had more knowledge and expertise than I did to help me. Mm-hmm. And then once I kind of got, you know, I learned a lot going, you know, working with the right people. And that's when I was like, okay, how can I at least do some of what they do? I mean, I'm not a doctor, but um, how can I get the credentials and the knowledge to do some of these things for myself and then also help others? So yeah, it's funny, that, you know, and yeah. I would imagine there's a lot of people out there that have gone through similar experiences. Yeah, definitely. Well, we're coming up to an hour. So it's been an hour. That went by fast. Yeah, because I still have so many questions. Uh, but yeah, I want to be respectful of your time. So um, please tell us. Sorry. I was going to say, is there anything rapid fire that you want me to um, answer? And I'll try to like make it super quick for you. Okay. <laughs> Let's do that before we're out. Um, why is managing stress so important? Yeah. Well, um, some of what I just shared would be mm-hmm. a really good um, <laughs> yeah. explanation of that. But one thing I will say is that as women age and we, you know, hit our forties and beyond, mm-hmm. we our cortisol levels can increase. Um, so managing stress is even more important because we seem to be a little more stress reactive, uh, yeah. less stress resilient at this age of life because of the fluctuation in our hormones and you know other lifestyle factors that you know might be going on. So managing stress, I think we can do that from a variety of ways. You know, we've talked about the strength training and the nutrition and all of that, but we also have to learn to rest and slow down and I don't know, meditate or walk or do deep breathing, but find something that allows you to mitigate the stressors that you have. Because yeah. we can't get rid of stress, but we do have to manage it better. 
Yeah, oh, that's amazing. I love that. Okay, beautiful. So please tell us where can our listeners um, find you? Right now, I would say the best place to find me is on Instagram. I'm under Beyond Fitness with Lisa. And I don't have a website yet. I am going to be getting one put together this year. But if you wanted to reach out to me in the DMs, you can always do that to directly get in touch with me. I always respond to people in my DMs and love connecting with people that way. Yeah, that's fantastic. So I will link to your Instagram on the show's note. Um, so that way people can go and find you. Thank you so much for your time. I had an amazing time chatting with you. Thank you. I did too. It was really fun. We'll have to do it again. Yeah, we'll do. There you have it, babe. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave a review or share it to your Instagram stories and tag me at Fitness. It would mean the world to me if you did so, and it helps me more than you can imagine. All right. See you next time. <laughs>